It's the Stinking Truth Podcast, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Bet like a man, Bet Rivers. As well as Dude Wipes. Go to dudewipes.com, enter the promo code STINK15 for 15% off. Now, here's your host, Mark Schlereth. Hey, welcome into the Stinking Truth Podcast. Alongside Mike Evans, I am Mark Schlereth, Millennial Ben. Uh, producing the show. Got a great show for you today. Want to thank our presenting sponsors. Did you hear that? Sponsors, Mike? Sponsors. Yeah, that says in uh, plural. The great folks over at Bet Rivers. Bet like a man. Bet Rivers. Uh, hey, you and I know football. Well, I do. You, not so much. But <laughs> we know football. They know betting. Football betting. Check them out at BetRivers.com. Download the app. Also, uh, uh, new sponsor, and I love these guys because you know, Mike, I am uh, maybe the world's greatest pooper. And um, my guys at uh, Dude Wipes, <laughs> like they are the <laughs> best. I tell you what, uh, after I have a session, you can eat off my butt. Oh, it is that. Come cl- on. Well, you could serve grapes on that oh, thing, right? Jeez. Like a fruit basket, for crying out loud. So clean, wintry. (laughs) Minty fresh. It's minty fresh. What a testimony. Right, exactly. Check them out, dudewipes.com. Hey, go to the dudewipes.com, enter the promo code uh, STINK15 for 15% off of product. How about that? All right, Mike. Uh, How are you, buddy? I'm good. Boy, do I wish I had, speaking of Bet Rivers, do I wish I had the foresight. Uh-huh. To be able to predict that the Arizona Cardinals would be the last undefeated team standing. How many people, I, I mean, if you're not a Cardinal fan, and is anybody really an Arizona Cardinal fan, they just moved to the desert and then they kind of adopt the Cardinals, but they're not, uh, you know, I don't know how, how many stringent fans they have, but I will say this, Mike Evans, for crying out loud, um, I, I, how many people would have actually picked them out in the pool of last team standing? No way. At 4-0. No way. And you want to talk about statement games, right? There are oftentimes teams have an opportunity to make a statement game. I mean, we're recording this on Tuesday. Think about, think about the naysayers of the Vegas Raiders. 3-0 start, yeah, but. 3-0 start, yeah, but. Who do they play? 3-0 start, yeah, but they came back from those. They have offensive weapons. You know, what will happen? You know, all these different things. All these 3-0 teams last week. Denver, 3-0. Yeah, but they played three really crappy teams in the Giants, the Jets, Jacksonville. What are they really when they face a team? You have an opportunity to make a statement game. Maybe no greater statement game was made in the NFL last week than Arizona going to the Rams to play the Rams. It was people, everybody. The Rams were the number one team in football on, on the power rankings, the power scheduling, whatever. Everybody had the Rams as the number one team in football, and they went in there. And they absolutely, I mean, they, they thunder-punched them. They beat them around. And that's, that. I mean, that's just flat big time, Mike. It's a big time performance in a critical situation where you have a chance to make a statement. And they're the one team last weekend that was 3-0 and that, to me, went in and made that statement. So who is this Arizona team? Well, I, I will, hey, listen, Because it can't just be Kyler Murray. He's no. been fantastic, but it can't be just him. Well, first, I mean... Let's think about their receiving core. They've got Christian Kirk. I think he was a second rounder, but he's a good player. They they traded and got D. Hopkins, who is, you know, 
one of the top three receivers in football. They went out and got A.J. Green, who's playing really good football. Healthy again. Double X Max Williams at the tight end position. That's two X's to you and I. Like, he is, uh, for whatever reason, man, he's getting one-on-one coverage down the seam, and he's open all the time. He's just a big body, a big target. And with Edmonds and with Connors, they're actually running the football. They actually spread you out. They get favorable boxes. They get favorable light boxes. And they're they're re- they're running the football. Like, I, it's hard to believe when I go back and look at the film, they have physically dominated football teams. And I don't think of them or I hadn't thought of them that way. And it might be time to change the way I think of the Arizona Cardinals. I've never, I've always been like, yeah, you're not going to win playing that style of football consistently in this league. Hey, Edmonds got 12 carries, had 120 yards. Connor got 18 carries, had 50 yards. Murray took six carries. Moore had two carries. I mean, McCoy had two carries. Uh, and of all those are probably kneel downs. But the bottom line, the bottom line is, look at those. Look at the number. They had 32 passes, 24 completions. And they had right there is, you know, is 18 and 12 is what? Uh, 30 runs. Kyler had another six. Like, that's a big-time balance for a team that's a, quote-unquote, spread offense. I mean, it's insane. It's insane how how they've changed and how good they are. And then when things fall off schedule, which they do, it's got to be so frustrating, like playing the Baltimore Ravens. You do everything correctly. You defend it to the nth degree. Then that little mighty might starts moving around, sliding around, he knows where everybody is. He's got great touch. He's got great perception, and, and he, he sees the field well. And he just makes you pay. I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. Speaking of the Ravens, if you're the Broncos, you you think you stopped them. You think you stopped their streak of 100-yard rushing games. Yeah. Oh, until there's three seconds left and the Ravens come out, and instead of kneeling in victory formation like – Everybody mm-hmm. else normally does in that situation. They run a play to get and keep the record, the streak alive. And that touched off a firestorm. Bronco players were upset. Bronco mm-hmm. coaches were upset. Head coach Vic Fangio, 24 hours later, theoretically with a chance to cool off, was even hotter, said it was BS. And he said it in 37 years, never seen anything like it. Went on, doubled down to call out. Jim uh, John Harbaugh on the Ravens as being uh, having a culture of not caring about player safety and playing aggressive over the line to dirty. It touched off a national conversation and debate. Everybody was taking sides. What side are you on? Um, I know it. You know it. Baltimore fans know it, and Jim or excuse me, John Harbaugh knows it. It's it's a bush league play, and. Like Jim Har, I keep telling him Jim. John Harbaugh is a friend of mine. Like John- yeah, I can tell you guys are tight, Jim. Yeah, yeah Jim. John. <laughs> I hope you don't call him Jim. No, hey, good I- buddy. Hey, Jim. I mean John. I mean whatever your name is. <laughs> no, nah, I mean John and I are friends, and um, and like here's all. Like those are those are those unwritten rules that you just don't violate, and. I just I look at that in the end of at the end of the day does it really matter? No, 
It doesn't. Um, so you got a record for your franchise that nobody actually, even the guys on your team, didn't realize existed. Right? And you did it by crossing a line. Well, you know, let's listen to what Vic Fangio had to say, and then I want you to listen also to what John Harbaugh and his quarterback said right after the game. Here's Fangio. Yeah, I thought it was kind of bull****, but I expected it from them. You know, I've 37 years in pro ball, I've never seen anything like that. So, But it was to be expected, and we expected it. Why did you expect it from them? Because I just know how they operate. You know, they that's just their you know mode of operation there. Player safety is secondary. Okay, now here an hour later was John Harbaugh's response. We didn't expect to get the ball back, you know, but I'd already decided, we decided that if we got the ball back, we were going to try to get the yards, and we got it back with three seconds left. So you're throwing the ball in the end zone, with 10 seconds left. I don't know that there's a 16-point touchdown that's going to be possible right there. So, you know, that didn't have anything to do with winning the game. So, like I said, what's meaningful to us might not be meaningful to them, and we're not going to concern ourselves with that. And to your point, about Lamar Jackson and the players, how much of it mm-hmm. were they aware of? This is what Lamar Jackson said right after the game. I don't know what he was thinking. Um, I'm like, we're going to take a knee right here? They're like, no, nah, we're going to go for it. I'm like, so he pretty much got the game still. You know, double A caught that pick in the back of the end zone. Congratulations to him, but I don't know what coach was thinking. I'm happy we got the dub. I ain't, I'm not going to lie. I didn't really care about the record. I wasn't thinking about that. I wasn't thinking about winning the game. All right, so Fangio, Harbaugh, Lamar. Okay, so this is all you have to know. I I know that Vic Fangio is wearing his emotions on his sleeve, and he's upset, and like I'll tell you, rightfully so. He's got the right to be upset because it's one of those unwritten rules that you you violated. And here's how you know that John knows that he violated it. One, well, let me do two reasons. One, Lamar is like, I didn't even know. I didn't even know about the record, and I just thought we are going to kneel on it because that's standard operating procedure. That's within the context of, hey, we got you. We know we won. You know we won. We'll take a knee and we'll get out of here. That's how the game is operated for I don't know how long, but that's how it's, it, it's been operated. And what you did was you ran another play to get those three yards so that you could have this, in my mind, a record your players didn't even know existed, a meaningless record. And you came right out. After the game, your response to Vic Fangio was, hey, this is not on my players. This was on me. It's a record that I wanted. So you know what that means, Mike, is that you know you're violating an unwritten rule because you don't want the frontier justice aspect to come back and bite your players in the butt. Because, listen, do I think people are going to line up and say, hey, John Harbaugh pulled that stunt last week. Let's go take out his quarterback. Absolutely not. But it puts you on notice. You know, it put it just flat puts you on notice. So what about the responses in defense of what Harbaugh did? Ranging from, hey, if you don't like it, stop it. Right. To... You know, stop being a, a wuss about this, a pansy. This is this is real football. This is just competition. Mm-hmm. And it, it seems to me that there's a growing sentiment out there that the unwritten rules that are based around you just don't do this. You don't right. you don't run the ball in this situation. You don't 
uh, hit a home run and do a bat flip and stare at it. You don't uh, shoot a three-pointer with two seconds left with the defense having backed off because you're trying to get to 50 points. It seems like the groundswell is the other way where, hey, you don't like it? Screw it. Right. And I just wonder if you get the sense that maybe we're seeing a diminishing of civility in society, has that now extended to sports? I I think to a degree there is this, look at me, how many likes did I get, I don't care attitude that permeates you know our society, but it seems to me that it's permeating sports as well. And see, there used to be retribution. There used to be a code of conduct. There used to be, if you lay down a bunt in a game where, you know, my pitcher is throwing a no-hitter and we're in the ninth inning, bottom of the ninth, and uh, and we've got two outs and you lay down a bunt to try to get a base hit, we're going to get you. And the next, tomorrow, when you're back up, you're getting 95 square in the ribs, and you deserve it. And I personally think that that code of do- conduct is appropriate. I think one of the things that you're seeing in the NFL right now with this taunting penalty, right, is they're taunt they're throwing a taunting penalty in hopes that there is no retribution. They're penalized, we move on. That's that's one of the reason is let's try to eliminate our players and their quote unquote need and coaches the need for that frontier justice. And You know, there was a time when you policed the game. I knew, I knew, beyond the shadow of a doubt, if we threw an interception in the game, somebody was going to try to crack back and knock my my head off. I knew that. I expected it. I understood that that was was part of doing business in the NFL, right? I'm going to hold you the entire game. I'm going to get away with it most of the time. You're going to be mad about it. And if you get a chance to to cheap shot me, you're going to take it. And you know what? I I wouldn't respect you if you didn't because that was part of the way the game was played. And, you know, again, like I said, the fact that you came right out and said as a head coach, this is not on my players. You're saying, I don't want my players to face any frontier justice retribution. I'll take 100% of the blame. It's on me. I wanted the record. Hell, the players didn't even know about the record. And so that that goes to show you that we did this. We know it's a rogue thing to do, but we're going to do it anyway. All right, move on from that. Did the Brady Bowl live up to the hype? Um, Tommy's I, return to Foxborough, did it live yeah. up to the hype? Well, you know, I think... I think it was really interesting. I think it did live up to the hype in that I I really thought it would be a blowout. I thought Tampa was going to come in there and blow them out. And I had just done the game the week before, and they were so they were undisciplined, which is totally anti yeah, yeah totally yeah. anti Patriots. Right? Felt undisciplined. But with that said, um, I think it did live up to the hype. I think it lived up to the hype in this. They really they really did a good job of showing Brady a bunch of different things and limiting Tampa's points through that. So it really did go to show you how good Belichick is at devising a plan 
to, you know, make you play, as they always say, left-handed. And then I think it also showed you on the offensive side how good they are coaching-wise to devise a plan that says we are not, like we know we're not good enough to run it against this team. So we are going to get our quarterback ready and we're going to throw it underneath and we're going to nickel and dime you to death and we're going to give ourselves a chance to win a football game. And they did, albeit a 56-yarder at the end of the game, but they gave themselves a chance to actually win that game. And so I think it was. I think it was an epic battle between quarterback and between head coach and mentor, and albeit a quick hug, a good embrace at the end of the game, and mutual respect. So I think I think from that standpoint, it did live up to the hype. All right, a lot of layers to this, a lot to unpack from all this. Right. So for, first of all, we always talk about blueprints. Nobody knows Brady better than Belichick. So the defensive game plan that New England put out there, is that the blueprint? Is that something that now every – Buccaneer opponent is going to race to look at because right. who's going to know Brady better than Belichick and the results bore it out. So is there a blueprint? Right. So everybody does that, right? It, is this the blueprint? Everybody wants to know, is this the blueprint? And yes and no. People will take elements of that. People will try to replicate that. People will try to do what, what Belichick did. But you also have to understand you still have to play to the strengths of your football team. Meaning if you don't have players that can adjust the way the Patriots adjust, if you don't have players that can play multiple defenses, if you don't have players that are smart, and here's the other thing, Bill Belichick, and I have to go back and watch the coaches' tape on this, but Bill Belichick, there's nobody that plays more man coverage than Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. So do you have the people that can play that style? See, I think a lot of coaches get caught up into the copycat nature of this league, and they put in things just because they were successful, like we're going to copy this, that don't have the personnel to operate in that realm, that don't have the personnel to do what that team they're copying does. So I think you have to be not only really good at seeing a concept going, wow, I really like that concept, but if you're not familiar with it, you need to figure out what the nuances of that are. What, you know, what are the potential problems or pitfalls of doing this. I think that's one thing that you always have to think about. And then I think the other thing is that what are the pitfalls of the scheme and then doom, what are our boom, what are our pitfalls? Like what can we do and what can we not what what can I put my players in a position to do? So you really have to understand what 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 that team is that you're copying, but what you are as well. And so there's always teams that want to do it, but can you do it? Do you have the personnel to do it? You have the system to do it, all those different things. So, but it will be quote unquote teaching tape. You know, it was uh, Vic Fangio shutting down the Rams defense several years ago and then essentially getting into the Super Bowl and the Patriots kind of stealing a page from Vic Fangio's defense on the way he did it. Right. Blueprint. So, yeah, Blueprint. So it, it definitely it definitely happens. So, much was made of the very quick hug between Brady and Belichick mm-hmm. that many read into, especially from Belichick's side, as being sort of uh, perfunctory, very kind of icy and quick. But then reports were that Belichick was seen going into the Buccaneers' locker room and stayed in there for about 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. He and Brady got together and and talked. If you had a hazard or guess as to what transpired in that conversation, what do you think it entailed? 
I think there's so much mutual respect for what both have accomplished, the work ethic, all the stuff that went into doing it. Um, and I know that Brady understands the business. And he also plays with that great chip on his shoulder. So he, he gets that. But I just think that, that is, there's such a mutual respect there. Um, and there's a genuine love for one another that I'm sure that that was expressed. Listen, Bill Belichick loves, and I mean loves football. He loves it. And they won, what, six world championships together. Um, And, you know, we always in the media want to decide, like, was it the quarterback or was it the coach? Was it this? The, the truth of the matter, it was both. And they both know that. And they both benefited from that. And listen, Bill Belichick, like I said, Bill Belichick's an interesting cat. He's not going to answer a lot of games, plan specific questions or whatever, but he'll talk football with you all day long. And he loves the game. and He loves all the ancillary things um, that are truly about the game. It's not about the money. It's not about the fame. It's about the game the relationship, the building together, the doing something, accomplishing something that people don't think you can accomplish. That's what drives the guy. For a guy who is as veteran a coach, accomplished a coach, has coached at the highest levels, it is amazing to me how badly Urban Meyer has botched and bungled his first jump into the NFL. Yeah. And the latest after they lost to Cincinnati on a Thursday night game, didn't come home with the team, went up to Columbus, mm-hmm. hung out in Columbus, and a video went viral of a um, young lady at a, at, a, at a club, you know, kind of hanging out and rubbing up against Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer, uh, once the video went viral, uh, addressed it, and had this to say. I just apologize to the team and staff and uh, for being a distraction is stupid. And so I explained everything that happened and owned it and, you know, just stupid. Uh, should not have myself in that kind of position. I stayed to see the grandkids and we all went to dinner that night at the restaurant. And then there's a big group next to our restaurant and they wanted me to come over and take pictures. And I did. And they were trying to pull me out on the dance floor, screwing around, and I should have left. Is, is is this guy long for Jacksonville? I um is his heart really even in it? Listen, man, I like you're preaching to your team about not being stupid and not making dumb decisions, both on the football field and off the football field, and you're quote unquote a mentor and you're you know, all these different things that you're supposed to be to holding yourself to a higher standard. We always talk about it. Hey, listen, it's it's we we hold ourselves as coaches to a higher standard we hold our organization to a higher standard you know we're better than everybody else from a organizational standpoint because we believe in these things and we're going to do these things and you know if you're preaching that to the the people in your program and you're not living that it it looks like the ultimate in hypocrisy and there's an article floating around today that says he may not be out of hot water with the apology that that the jacksonville jaguars might let him go and so I don't know what's going to happen in that situation. Certainly um, a horrid situation. Um, but like I said, I, it, I, you know, it's, it, is, it is negligent on his 
behalf, and it ruins credibility for you as a coach and the things that you preach on a consistent basis. And I just, like, I thought that Urban might just resign. Like, I got to take care of my business, and, you know, this is not appropriate. And, you know, there, I mean, it's whatever. You're going to come up with, you know, the version of the, of your, you know, version of, of your story or whatever. Um, but certainly a horrible look, especially coming after a loss. And, um, and, you know, you're, you're out after a loss in a bar, you know, with some, what looks to be a very young co-ed rubbing all up against you. Be a great dude wives commercial though, right? Oh, geez. I mean, come on. Hey, do you have itchy butt? Don't rub it on Urban's lap. Use dude wipes. Right? Wouldn't that be? Well, hey, man, nobody. And I mean nobody. (laughs) Quite does a testimonial like like you do. A couple quick uh, banging around the NFL. Rest of the uh, developments over the weekend. Chargers. Are are the Chargers the best team in the AFC West? How about it? Sorry, Kansas City. Is it the Chargers now? Well, they, I mean, head to head in Kansas City, right? The Chargers beat them yep. in Kansas City, um, and yeah, they just beat an undefeated Raiders team. Like, I would say the Chargers are probably the best in the West right now. Um, you know how how crazy how crazy this is when you think about if you're looking at just power, like the power rankings in general. I mean, how many number one power rankings do the, do the Arizona Cardinals have right now? And the Chargers got to be up there. And the, if you're picking your top five teams, the Chargers got to be in your top five, right? Right. Maybe um, Dallas. Maybe Dallas. Bills. This is bizarro. Bizarre. We thought we thought the Bills would be good, but this is kind of bizarro. Land. Nobody would have said, "Hey, top five after the first quarter or after the right, first four games right. of the season. Top five. Your top five is Arizona, the Chargers, Dallas. You know, and and you know, name your other right." I mean, those three alone. Those three alone. Exactly. Crazy. And by the way, Kansas City, you know the average game is 12 to 13 possessions? Do you know how many possessions Kansas City had last week against the Eagles? They scored 42. Mm Mm-hmm. I can't imagine that they had more than six or seven. Had eight possessions. No, wait. Six TDs, one interception. And one kneel down. Great to be a punter. And they didn't punt. They yeah, it's just like, hey, I got the day off. It, Mike, six for six. They had real seven real positions. One was just kneel down at the end of the game because they were at. So seven possessions, six TDs, and an interception. You want to talk about efficiency. Kneel down? They didn't go for more? What are they, soft? Right, soft. right, right. And it was Jeez. only a one-score game. You could have set a record, maybe. Why you, no mercy. No mercy. No mercy. Hash Brown sent that to the internet. Right. Right? Oh, yeah. You know what? That's a great – with John Harbaugh, we could just call him uh, – we could call him uh, – not Daniel LaRusso. No. Who's the other guy's uh, name? Crease. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. John Crease. <laughs> John Crease. John Crease. John Crease. No mercy no in this mercy. dojo. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely zero mercy in this dojo. I love it. Actually, yeah, you're not getting any. You're not getting any grace in this dojo. John Harbaugh, coach of the Cobra Kai Ravens. John Harbaugh is is John Kreese in Cobra Kai. I love it. All right. 
All right, that's great. Hey, listen, want to thank everybody for listening. Want to thank everybody involved in the show. Guys, make sure you check out our presenting sponsors. Download the app right now, BetRivers at BetRivers.com. Um, they know sports betting. We know a little bit about football. Check out Bet Rivers. Download the app, BetRivers.com. Also, I uh, want to thank the great folks over at Dude Wipes. Man, uh, clean it up, right? They got everything you need. Uh, from uh, well, they even got body wipes. You know, you get you want to take a dude shower, like you just want a courtesy, uh, you know, courtesy cleanup. Dude wipes is your source. Dudewipes.com. Check out the promo code. All you have to do is put in stink fifteen, S T I N K fifteen. You're gonna get fifteen percent off of your order uh, at Dude Wipes. Also, want to thank Stinking Good Green Chili. Check us out at stinkinggood.com in the freezer section of your local King Supers here in Denver, Colorado, um, in the local Costco's in Denver, Arizona, and New Mexico. Uh, but stinkinggood.com is where you go to find out that if you don't live here in Colorado and some of those states that I mentioned. So for everybody involved with the Stinking Truth Podcast, for Mike, I am Mark, for Millennial Ben, we thank you so much. Bet Rivers, thank you. Dude Wipes, thank you. We'll be back later on in the week.